Man, you got to take care of that car, don't you? <laughs> you do. You got to take care of your car or else it's going to fall apart. There's a maintenance schedule for it, right? We all know what that is. You know, it's a lot of work Take care of your car. You know, I looked up the maintenance schedule on my car. Some of you see me riding around that little RAV4 I have. And, uh, man, there's a lot of stuff you got to do. I mean, sure, you got to change the oil every 3,000 miles and make sure that you replace the filter too. But, you know, there's a whole lot of other stuff. Here it is. It's check the air filter, the transmission fluid, flush and replace the coolant, change the differential fluid, change the transfer case fluid, rotate the wheels and tires, and replace the timing belt. Man, I have to admit there's some things on there. I don't know what they are. So, you know, but you have to do it. I have a, I drive a car that's pretty old, and uh, it was time to get the timing belt changed. You know, uh, it had 170,000 miles on it, and uh, you're supposed to change it every 60,000 miles. So anyway, um, uh, uh, I, I took my car. I asked Dick Rathgeb, and I took my car over to his house, and he actually helped me change the timing belt on my car. Well... I actually helped him. Okay. Um, okay, well, I handed him the tools, all right? Okay. All right. So changing a timing belt is one of the most expensive, time-consuming things you can do on a car. And, it's hard, and it costs hundreds of dollars, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And the car is running fine. It's difficult, so why do it? So, you know, I, 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 asked, I asked Dick, I said, you know, hey, what would happen if I, you know, if I didn't? He said, well, depending on the car, you know, the piston can crash into the valve and then the valve would get bent. And then, you know, your piston would probably break off depending on the engine. And I said, oh, that's bad, right? So he said, yeah, Dave, that's, that's bad. Well, the same thing for your house. You have a maintenance schedule on your house too. You don't want it to fall apart. Here's some of the things you got to do with your house. Check the roof and downspouts. Make sure the AC unit is unobstructed and clean it and change the furnace filter. Have a professional tune up your uh, heating and cooling before the seasons. Clean and dust the refrigerator condenser. I haven't done that in a long time. I can't imagine what it looks back, like back there. Drain your water heater to remove any sediment. Uh, smoke detectors. Change the batteries. You know, there's a lot of stuff to do. And what about us? We have maintenance schedules too. Don't we? There's things that we have to do to keep ourselves running smoothly. You know, what about our diet? You know, we have to have a balanced diet so that, you know, we're running on all cylinders. Well, I got on the internet and I found a maintenance schedule for a, for a healthy diet. And here are some of those things. Don't overeat. Oh, man, that's the tough one. Eat a variety of food. Consider organically grown food. Eat as much of your food raw as you can. Eat as much fresh fruit and vegetables as you can. Avoid drinks containing sugar or caffeine. Avoid sugars. Avoid processed food. Avoid hydrogenated transy fatty acids. I don't even know what that is. And keep essential fats in balance. Well... That one's easy to sum up. If I love it and it tastes good, I can't have it. So that's, that's how that is. But you have to eat right to stay healthy, you know, to keep the engine tuned. 
You got to eat right. You know, a poor diet can cause all kinds of problems. Diabetes, heart disease, you know, and it can also, it can make you weak and susceptible to illness. But it's not just diet. We have to exercise too. To keep the body tuned up, you have to use it. Some people play, some of the guys here, you play basketball on Thursday night. It's great. By the way, they rent a little elementary school on Thursday nights next to Lewis and Clark. Great thing to do. Some people lift weights. Others run. You know, this summer I played softball, you know. One of the games on the way to first base, I pulled a hamstring muscle. Oh, my Lord, it hurt so bad. <laughs> but I was suffering the consequences, you know, of not having a maintenance schedule for exercise well as, as well as diet. You know, and we also have a maintenance schedule for us spiritually as well. And that's what I want to talk about today. See, God gave us a maintenance schedule so that spiritually we can keep firing on all cylinders. And it's found in Exodus chapter 20. It's actually the fourth commandment. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall, you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Hmm. You know, you look at that word Sabbath, you know, the translation of that word means cease, desist, thus rest from labor. That's where we get that. You see, and God gave us a maintenance schedule so that we can run smooth, you know, so that we can stay healthy spiritually and physically too. So God in this commandment is saying, follow me, follow my example. Let me give you a little clue here. On the seventh day, God really didn't need to rest. He didn't need, God didn't need a break. He didn't say, wow, I'm tired, you know, after all creation. No. He was showing us by example how to live. You know, he's our instructor. He knows us better than we know ourselves. We need to get into his rhythm. See, after a full week's worth of work, we need a day of rest. The Sabbath is for us to refresh and renew you know, and it's also to build our faith. God gave us a day to build our faith, to build our trust in God, spend time in rest and worshiping him, getting to know him. So in short, the Sabbath is for two things. This is what you're supposed to remember. The Sabbath is for two things, to play and to pray. Nice and simple, simplicity, nice and easy. Let's talk about play for a minute. You see, you would think that not working would be easy. I mean, that'd be as easy as falling down, right? Play. Well, unfortunately, in Jesus' day, it had become a, more of a burden than anything else. Let me explain why. You see, remember last week and Damon talked about a yoke? Those of you who were here, you know, it binds two oxen or two horses together so they can share the load. And that was an expression that, the, that uh, you know, the rabbis used. And, you see, a well-known rabbi would have his own teaching, you know, and they would have sort of this, these schools of thought on their teachings on the scriptures, and that was referred to as that rabbi's yoke. It was his teaching, okay? And they had many rules and laws and teachings on the Sabbath. I mean, there was lots and lots of regulations, 
the Talmud, which is a book of traditional laws, you know, outside the Bible, has 24 chapters, 24 chapters just dedicated to the, to the Sabbath alone. Let me read you just a few of them here. On the Sabbath, you couldn't travel more than 3,000 feet from your house. You were not allowed to carry anything that weighed more than a dried fig. You couldn't carry a needle for fear you might sew something. Oh, and taking a bath was forbidden because you might spill some water and accidentally clean something. Ah, that's work. Women were not allowed to look in a mirror because you might find a gray hair and pluck it, and that's work. Cold water could be poured into warm, but not the reverse. A person could go about with wadding in his ear, but not with false teeth. They might fall out and have to be carried. The mud on your clothes could be crushed in the hand and shaken off, but not rubbed off because you might affect the fabric. (laughs) So there was all these rules. Not working became hard work. It was the hardest thing to do was not to work on the Sabbath. And that's when Jesus came along and said, follow me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You see, and Jesus tried to explain this to the Pharisees in Mark chapter 2. You see, Jesus and his disciples, they were walking to, to, the, to go to Sabbath, to go to the synagogue. And they were walking through a field and some of the disciples were hungry and they plucked some grain and ate it. So there's nothing in the Old Testament that says you can't pluck a piece of grain and eat it to satisfy an immediate hunger. But some of these, you know, extra laws that were put on there had kind of violated that. So the Pharisees charged the disciples with violating the Sabbath, violating two laws. Number one, plucking the grain. Number two, rubbing it in their hands so that they could eat the grain. You see, and then in that scripture, Christ says, well, don't you remember when David was fleeing Saul and he entered the temple and he took the holy bread that but only the priests are supposed to eat. And he ate some. He gave it to his friends. Don't you remember that? And that was okay? Then he gave them the punchline. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. See what he was saying, two things here. See, the Sabbath is to benefit us. It was to help them gain rest and to get a revived sense of God's presence. You know, but it became more of a day of burden than a day of rest with all those rules. You know, people trying to rest and following all the rules and regulations, you know, the actual rest itself was lost. And then Jesus referred to himself as God, Son of Man. And he reminded them that he was Lord of the Sabbath. You see, he invented it. He knows what it was for. He knows what it was intended intended to be. So he wanted to return the Sabbath to what it was supposed to be without all these extra rules and regulations that took away the rest. He wanted it without all the rules and regulations. But what to return it to what it originally intended. 
And how about us? You know, how are, what's, our, what's our scorecard with the Sabbath? You know, are we celebrating the Sabbath the way God intended? It's a good question. You know, do we get away from work once a week? You know, in the U.S., we have just the opposite problem. We don't have a bunch of rules and regulations that are bogging us down. The fact of the matter is, most of us don't rest at all, or hardly at all, you know. We completely ignore God's maintenance schedule and do our own thing. Anybody ever bring work home? Work on it? Yeah, I'm guilty too. You know, technology is great, but we've become a slave to it. You know, cell phones, beepers, faxes. You ever see somebody when their cell phone goes off? You know, ring, 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 ring. Where's my purse? Where's my wallet? Where's my phone? Trying to answer it. You know, I have this, I have this Blackberry. And uh, we have a joke at work. We call it a crackberry because it's addicting. So, and let me give you a little piece of advice. It, it, it has these little notifications. You know, it rings when... You know, somebody's calling you, but it also has a notification when you have a little email, it goes ding. My advice is to turn that off. Boy, oh boy. Particularly when you're driving. Because you hear that little ding, it's like a Pavlovian response. You gotta go see who emailed me and what it is. I know I'm like that. You know, I've actually seen people driving down the road on the highway, you know, one hand on the wheel and one hand on their Blackberry texting somebody. You know, weaving in and around traffic. You know, so our work has even invaded our car. So this attitude of just work invading everything through technology, it's even invaded Sunday. You know, we've, we continue to work and work and work. And the technology, instead of helping us, is actually hurting us. Even, you know, these days, even when we're not doing work, we try to cram so much, so much in on the weekends, we forget to rest. You know, we overschedule. You know, we overcompensate. We overchallenge. You know, some of it, you know, we overstimulate our children. You know, there's just a lot of that going on. You know, how many times you got to rush out of here on a Sunday to make it to the soccer game, to cut the grass, to finish the home improvement project? You know, where's the fourth commandment and all that? Where's the rest? We just say, thanks, God. I get it. That's your, you got this suggestion. But, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my own thing. You know, I got this one. You know, you don't understand. You know, it's a different day and age today. You don't understand. That sound familiar? Am I talking to anybody? Am I talking to you? In, a 2000, in 2000, the Academy of Management did a study on what the effects are of working too much, you know? And they found that people that work too much, bring their work home, work on Sundays, whatever, they suffer from exhaustion, cynicism about their life and the company, low job satisfaction, low self-esteem, and they switch jobs a lot too. So there's a consequence. There's, I mean, there's a consequence in the real world to be paid for this. See, Jesus said, the Sabbath is for man. The Sabbath is for people. It's for you and me. You see, God knows we need some time of 
rest and refreshment. He knows our maintenance schedule. We've got we've to get some rest so that we can face another week. Here's the point. Remember God's day, you know? Part of, part of that rest is being with your family and with your friends. You know, find the recreational pursuit that relaxes you. Rest. Walk. Take a walk. Go for a drive. Shoot some hoops. Jet ski. <laughs> Whatever relaxes you. Go fishing. Something that brings peace. Something that brings tranquility to you. Something that brings that for you. You see, God worked all week and then he did something different on that, on that last day. He rested. And the same holds true for us. That's the pattern. Do something different on that, set, uh, that, that relaxes you and brings and helps you to refresh. And it doesn't end there. You know, that's the play. But we're supposed to play and we're supposed to pray. You know, we're supposed to remember God on the Sabbath, right? Well, what does it mean to remember God? You see, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, people met in large groups to worship God in their communities. You know, in the Old Testament, people worshiped at the temple and synagogue, you know, and ultimately in the New Testament, they worshiped in the local church. You know, unfortunately, many people find it really difficult to make it to church, right? You know, I think one day this will happen, you know. Go to heaven and you meet God and God will say, you know, I had so much for you, but you're so busy with your activities, you know. You didn't make church a priority. I had some incredible things to say to you, things about your life, your work, your family, your purpose, your finances. But you missed it. You didn't slow down enough. You, weren't, you, didn't, you didn't go to church. Don't let that be you. You see, God has something to say to you. You need to be here. I know most of us know that. Most of us know that. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, oh, I'm so glad I came to church today. Man, I was having a bad week. I wasn't going to come and I came. I'm so glad I came. It happens a lot. A lot of people have a bad week, and by the time they left, they've been encouraged. Encouraged and ready to face another week. This is where the encouragement is. We read from Hebrews chapter 10. Let us not give up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us not give up on worshiping together. Look around for a second. Really do it. Look around. Turn around. Look at the people behind you. Look around. Look around. This is where it happens. This is where you get your encouragement. The people around here, we are to encourage one another. From here, the message is supposed to encourage you. You know, last Sunday, I got a great word of encouragement. You know, I was, after service, I was 
out there drinking my usual 14 cups of coffee, somebody came up to me and said, you know what? First time we ever came here, you asked us out to lunch and we went. And we liked it here. I'm like, man, what a word of encouragement to me, you know? The things you say. You know, sometimes sometimes you get it right. What an encouragement. Totally, totally made my day. What an encouragement. This is also where you hear principles that can change your life. Encouragement. And hear principles that change your lives. See, every time you come here on Sunday, God has something to say to you. Some people, I mean, this is really in your heart. You feel this, you know. It's a message. You know, I'm not... I don't want to get all legalistic and say, be here every single Sunday and, you know, and go back to the way it was before. But, there, you know, there's a minimum you need to hit. You know, you need to try to be here every week, you know, at least three out of four weeks out of a month. You know, me, if I miss it, I feel it, you know. I can feel that slow drift of not being around people that are encouraging me, not being around God's word. I feel it. So be here on Sundays. Simple as that. See, corporate worship is commanded, but remember God individually as well. You see, the Sabbath is a time for reflection. You know, we rest one out of seven days as God did. You know, God is our model. When he was done with everything that he had to do on the first six days of creation, what did he do? He looked back. And he saw that it was good. And again, that was our model. Like, he, like God did, you know, after we put in a full week of work, we need to look back. And we have to ask ourselves a very important question. Is it good? Is it good? In my relationships, is it good? In my walk with God, is it good? My thought life. Is it good? The places I go. The way I talk to people. The things I say. My relationships. Is it good? Lord, tell me. Is it good? See, that's why God made the Sabbath. It's for that reflection time. Remembering him, Lord, is it good? He can speak to us. He can help us. You know, we can pray, Lord, help me, change me. And I know that every now and then you hear somebody say, well, Dave, you know, that works for you. You know, every, every time you hear that, it's from somebody that's got a nine-to-five job, you know, but, you know, I have to work on Sundays. What do you talk, what do you say to that person, you know? Well, how do they keep the Sabbath holy? I, I've been on both sides of that fence. I've, you know, I've worked in a factory before, you know, where you, boy, resting was not a problem. It was hard, awful, tough work. And now I'm in more of a job where it's, you know, it's, it's not nine to five. You know, my hours are all over the place. Sometimes it's nights, sometimes it's weekends. And remember, 
When Jesus was talking about the Sabbath, the Sabbath was on Saturday. So wait a minute. What are we supposed to do? What's the deal? What are we supposed to do with all this? Well, the day is not the important thing. You see, the early church started worshiping on Sunday. Why? Because that's the day the Lord rose. So they started their worship services on Sunday. See, the first century Christians knew that they were no longer under the law. They were under grace. Look what Paul wrote to the Colossians, chapter 2. See, Jesus canceled the written code with its regulations. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regards to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. See, the, the Sabbath and the rules and da-da-da, it was a shadow of the real thing. The reality is found in Christ. You want to keep the Sabbath holy, follow Christ. It's not about the rules. It's not about a certain day. If you want to worship on Sunday, great. If, you, if Saturday is your Sabbath day, great. Wednesday, Tuesday, it's not about the day. It's following God's maintenance schedule, right? Nobody followed enough rules to get into heaven. Just following some rules doesn't make you a Christian. The important thing is to keep God's maintenance schedule. Take a day a week to play and to pray. Praying is the hard part, I know. It's a challenge. The enemy will know what's going to happen if you pray. That's why there's distractions. Get you to think about something else. You'll be distracted. It'll be hard at times, but hang in there. Dig in. As you continue to pray, it gets easier and easier, and the enemy will flee. The point is this. Put Jesus first in your life. It's not found in all the do's and don'ts. You know, the rules were designed to help us. Yeah, but it's not about the rules. Sometimes the rules miss the point. So how important can the rules be? Let me end with this from Isaiah. If you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's day honorable, If you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you'll find joy in the Lord. See, honor God by not going your own way, by not doing whatever you want to do. That's honoring God. Do what God wants you to do. Follow his maintenance schedule. Remember to play and to pray. So the question is, What would God have you do? What would the Lord have you do? What is he speaking to you? How are you supposed to keep the Sabbath holy? Are you keeping it holy? And one of the ways we keep the Sabbath holy is by remembering God's sacrifice with communion. And we're going to do that today right after the service. And when we do this, it's a time for us to pause and reflect, look at our own hearts, And ask ourselves, is it good? Lord, is it good? And examine our heart. Let's pray.
Lord, that's what we ask of you today. That's our question. Father, we come to you in a, in a mode of wanting to do your will. So, Father, we ask from our hearts, is it good? Lord, how would you have us celebrate your Sabbath? Lord, how would you help us get on your maintenance schedule, Lord? We know it's for us. Father, we ask for your power. We ask for your strength in bringing us through this and helping us to keep your maintenance schedule, Lord. Lord, we ask all this in your name.